בטווח, בטווח, in today's Haftora, Hashem draws attention to the fact that when he took us out of Egypt, we went after him with the love of our youth. Hashem said, I'll remember the love of your youth, meaning that we just were a new nation coming out of Egypt, and we didn't have um, that much experience with seeing Hashem's miracles. And yet we followed Hashem out in the desert. Hashem says, I remember the love of your youth. I remember how you walked out. Oh, ah. I remember how you walked out in the desert to uh, be with me. So um, I want to share with you um, a story that happened actually on a, um, on a uh, uh, Saturday night like this one. I don't know of many letters that they ever wrote on a Saturday night. Uh, I think it's a very unusual thing that they're ever to put out a letter on a Saturday night. And I think it's probably because of unique circumstances and of, of what happened and that made this to be uh, an emergency status. What happened was, it's hard to understand why I'm saying the word emergency, but I'll just say this. Hasidim really care about the Rebbe. And so um, something happens that they feel that may have um, caused pain to the Rebbe, they, they, it bothers them. So this woman, her, um, her son, it was in 1978, it was a few months after the Rebbe's recovery from his heart attack, and 24th of Tammuz, and her son went over to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe left the shul, and he went to say to the Rebbe, good Shabbos, and he um, shook the Rebbe's hand, he was four years old, Menachem Levi, um, and, his, and he took the, took the Rebbe's hand, he shook it a few times, good Shabbos Rebbe, good Shabbos Rebbe. Doesn't sound like a big deal, right? But his mother was mortified. Here her son had bothered the Rebbe, so she wrote a letter to the Rebbe right after Shabbos, and she wrote, I feel very bad that my son bothered the Rebbe. So the Rebbe responded, I'm going to literally um, read word for word of this beautiful um, response the Rebbe wrote to her. And this, and right away on Saturday night, he responded to her immediately. I add the Rebbe, the opposite. He caused pleasure to me through this. Because nachas to me. Why? Because you cannot imagine the great heartiness, the great heartfelt feelings, in the simplicity, and sincerity, shall yell of a child. You can't imagine how great the the um, the worthiness of the heart of a child and simplicity and the sincerity of a child is. I wish, I wish that we would see some of this, at least a little bit of this, by adults, especially based upon what Hasidah says about this. And this is especially relevant as this happened, this happened after the conclusion of the Haftor. The Haftor talks about the love of your youth, and so, therefore, it's it's this this event, this child running over and and and, and shaking the Rebbe's hand and wishing him a good Shabbos with sincerity, it's 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 very in sync 
with the theme at the conclusion of the Torah, the love of youth. May God help you raise this child, Menachem, and all your other children, to Torah, Chupa, to Torah, to marriage and good deeds. I will mention you for prayer at, the, at my father-in-law's resting place. So that's a first story, and it underlines how, um, how important it is to um, not be so important not to be so stuck in our heads and to be so stiff and not and not to open our hearts to uh, do things with sincerity and truthfulness and not to be limited by what makes sense or doesn't make sense. That this child, you know, Ebba's pointing out, look at, the, look at the way a child acts, it's so beautiful. So how is the heart, the simplicity, the sincerity, it's a way to go. Anyways, on that note, I share stories of uh, miracles which bring out our simple faith like a child in Hashem. Uh, the first story I probably shared a long time ago. I don't remember, but just it's a beautiful story, and I um, goes like this. There was a Jew who served as secretary for Rabbi Sadia Liberov, who was the Rebbe's emissary to Morocco. And his name was Mimon Malka. And Mimon Malka... Um, he would take care of Liberov's um, office, and the um, and other things that, that happened there. Um, I heard this story from someone who heard it directly from Mimon Malka. Mimon Malka shared the story to someone who shared it with me. So, this woman had lost one child, unfortunately, Rachman Slan, may Hashem protect us, when, he, when the child reached close to the age of our mitzvah. And now her second child, was turning bar mitzvah, and he got sick. She was very concerned that perhaps this child also would pass away as her first child. So she asked Rabbi Liberov for a blessing and to ask the Rebbe for his blessing. This story took place, I don't remember if it was the 50s or the 60s, but either way, it was very hard to send a letter back and forth from Morocco to New York. And the earliest expected time to get a response if the letter arrived and it was read the same day, would have been a month, about, about four weeks, for a letter to get to New York and come back from New York. And so this woman was very concerned about her son. So she didn't wait for the four weeks to be over to find out what had happened. And she came to Rabbi um, Libroff every day. What did the Rebbe say? He's like, listen, you, you can't expect there to be an answer. It takes time for the letter to arrive. She came, hey, what did the Rebbe say? What did the Rebbe say? Her son's not well, whether I'm saying, I need a blessing for my son. And uh, he didn't have much to tell her. But not only a month passed, but a second month passed, and a third month passed, and every day she was coming, is there an answer after that before me? No, there was no answer. After six months, a letter comes back from the Rebbe. The letter goes like this. Haksav hayel Your writing isn't clear. The child should learn in the yeshiva. So he understood this was about this child. Though the child wasn't well enough to attend the yeshiva, the Rebbe is saying that they should at least enroll him in the yeshiva. Just being enrolled in a wholesome, good environment is itself a great blessing. So enroll the child in a Jewish school, Rabbi, Rabbi Liberov, together with the other emissaries, the Rebbe to Morocco, Rabbi um, Raskin, and Rabbi uh, Pinson, had, they had set up many schools in Morocco. 
many cities there. So they should sign him up to to uh, to the school. Okay. He, got, they, they, he shares this with the lady, and she has some instruction, and, and thankfully the child recovers. Rabbi Mimon Malka, he was entrusted by Rabbi Libarov to take care of his office, as I mentioned, and before Passover, he would be the one to clean the office as well. He's cleaning the office, and he sees this letter that this lady had given him, he, he had assured he had sent the letter, but he never sent it. It was still in his office. He never sent the letter. That's perhaps what the Rebbe meant. The re- writing isn't clear. You haven't really sent the letter, but here's the answer for that child. Uh, anyways, that story was in the 50s or 60s. Here's a more um, contemporary, well, it wasn't, it's in 1990, Tavshin Nun, Rabbi Zeitlin, the Rebbe's emissary to Tzvas, would often bring people from Svas to uh, to see the Rebbe, and um, he had a someone who worked for him. I believe he has a son in Los Angeles here, Ehud Bashari. I think he was actually here two years ago. Ehud um, worked for Rabbi Zeitlin, and he would go with him in his trips to the Rebbe. When they would go with the whole group, the Rebbe would go as well. And what he would do is he would go around Svas, and he would collect letters from various people who wanted to bless him from the Rebbe. And so he had like a whole, you know, hundreds of letters from all kinds of people that wanted the Rebbe's blessing. As he put it all together, and he was going to go for Hanukkah to the Rebbe. Before he left, he had already, he was blessed, he and his wife were at that time blessed with five children. His wife was already in an advanced stage of pregnancy. And because she was such an advanced stage of pregnancy, it would be more difficult for her to be alone for a week and a half while he went to New York. So it, was, it wasn't like she didn't agree that he could go, but it wasn't, it wasn't easy for her. It was more like, let's say the word begrudgingly. That she, she knew this was his job, this was an important thing, but it wasn't easy for her. Anyways, she also wrote a letter to the Rebbe, and he took, he took that letter as well, and he told her, you know, um, I have a whole you know, um, package of letters from everyone else, but I want to put your letter somewhere else. I want to take that letter with me myself. When I go to see the Rebbe myself, I want to take that so I can give that to the Rebbe directly. Instead of just with everyone else, I want to do, you know, as my wife, I want to, you and my, I want to give the Rebbe your letter together with my letter. Whatever, that's what he felt. He goes to New York, spends beautiful Hanukkah in New York, comes back, and uh, his wife is going through the suitcase, and sure enough, what did she find? Her letter. He had never given a letter to the Rebbe. And she was very upset. Here he had left for a week and a half, and ostensibly he's going there on behalf of him, herself and the community to go ask for blessings for all of them. And she, he forgot to give the Rebbe her letter. So upset. She was mortified. Anyways, five to seven days pass. A letter comes from the Rebbe in the mail. For Devorah Besheri, the letter says, in answer to your request for, for blessing for the 16th of Kislev, she had written her letter on the 16th of Kislev, the letter never got to the Rebbe physically, it never arrived, and the Rebbe is sending her letter back, in answer to your letter from the 16th of Kislev, your, your request for blessing is received, and I send you my blessing. She got a letter in the mail, you know, a published letter, 
It's unbelievable. You know, the Rebbe displayed open divine inspiration in something that's concrete, printed in a letter. Um, I probably shared this last week. David is probably remembers, but I'll share it again. An amazing thing. Um, there was a, a Jew from Bulgaria who, who, uh, who said to the Rebbe that he said to his friend, who told the Rebbe that he will start keeping Shabbos and kosher as long as the Rebbe will show him a miracle. If he sees a miracle, then he'll start keeping Shabbos and kosher. So the Rebbe said, why would a person want to get into a situation where they are in a state of discomfort and need a blessing and need, and need to be saved? It's, it's not a comfortable situation to be in. It would be a lot better to not have to deal with the situation, especially the Rebbe said, because you already were in that situation and God already saved you from that situation. So why would you want to be in that situation again and live with that kind of fear? And, to add a post, like another point, how about the fact that someone who has never met you knows about the situation you were in and how your life was in danger and you were saved? Is that not enough of a sign for you? Should that not be enough for you to start keeping kosher and, and Shabbos? As soon as you hear this, you wait for a sign. Okay, and now for our featured story. Are you ready? Here we go. So, I want to thank Rabbi Reber for sending me this story. The story was ratified um, by um, one of the people in the story, Rabbi Motel Krasjansky, the Rebbe's uh, emissary to um, one of the Rebbe's emissaries to Australia. In 2010, he had a he hired a certain gentleman to be his chazan for the high holidays, and every so often. The cantor had a paper in his prayer book, and he would look in the prayer book um, every so often to check this paper. It was a little weird. Rukrasiansky said to him, Hey, um, what do you have in that paper? So he said, I um, once visited the Rebbe, and the Rebbe, I told the Rebbe I'm going to be a, a cantor somewhere, a chazan. And the Rebbe said, I should remember that I'm praying to God. And I realized this was very relevant, a very re relevant message to me because I was so concerned about my performance. As a cantor, I didn't really consider the fact that I was, um, that I'm speaking to God, and that, that, that it's real, that, that Hashem listens to my words. And, I, and, and whether I'm interested or not interested, there's, there is a true Hashem who's listening to every word that I say, and my words matter to him, he's listening. I, I didn't think about that. And when I said it, it really like, like woke me up. I decided to write those words down on a piece of paper and read those words every so often to remind me of what I'm doing. You have to remember you're davening to God. I wrote those words, that's, that's those words on the paper. The words say, remember you're davening to God. Okay. Ray Krasiansky said, well, that's very interesting. Tell me, how did you, you as living in Eretz Yisrael, in Israel, not coming from a Chabad background, how did you end up visiting the Rebbe? He said, oh, he says, I have a story for you. The story was that um, he would go every Thursday, this week was the Yard of Arachayim, he would go every Thursday to Mount Olives in Israel, and he would pray um, by the gravesite of the Holy Arachayim HaKadosh. He would pray there every Thursday, and one week he's there, was in a very safe area, and there was an Arab who had drawn a knife, a machete, 
and he had to run away, he had to escape, and he survived. But his mother was so upset. His mother said, if you ever go back there, I'm not your mother anymore. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm divorcing you as a mother. You cannot go back there. You're, you're scaring me. So he really wanted to go back there. He was going there every week, every Thursday. So he really knew what to do. So his mother agreed that they would ask the Rebbe for advice. He wanted to go. She didn't want him to go. Let's ask the Rebbe. So the, he asked the Rebbe for advice. And the Rebbe said to ask a rabbi. So they asked a very prominent halachic authority, Rabbi Yitzhak Weiss. Rabbi Yitzhak Weiss said, well, if the Rebbe is saying to ask a rabbi, it doesn't seem that he's negating the... Um, if the Rebbe wanted to say that it's dangerous, shouldn't, shouldn't go, he would say straight out. Apparently, said Rabbi Yitzhak Weiss, the Rebbe actually wants you to go, and he just wants to get the blessing of Torah to protect you. So therefore, my suggestion is you continue going there, and as with the power of Torah, I'm going to give you a halachic ruling that you're allowed to go there. With this halachic ruling, you will, you will be blessed and you'll be protected where you are. So, okay. So Ray Krasniansky, he sent something. And he said, but that itself, um, tell me that itself, how did you decide, of all people in the world, of all rabbis in the world, how do you decide to ask the Rebbe this question? So he said that, uh, you're right. The, re the reason I came to the Rebbe was like this. He said that um, my wife and I were blessed with twins. And one of the twins had a condition, and we went to all, the, all kinds of rabbis and all kinds of people to get advice, to get a blessing. And one of them said, you're dealing with a very serious thing, you should go to the Rebbe. So I... Asked Rebbe for advice, and Rebbe said, Ask a Reufe Yedid Mumcha. Ask a doctor who is both an expert and a friend. An expert and a friend. I don't think it's a. Um, usually, Rebbe says to ask either a doctor who is a friend or a doctor who is an expert. He never said, use it, Ask a doctor who is both a friend and an expert. So he and his wife didn't know who they should go to. They didn't have any doctors who were, friend, who were friends, but they have to go to somebody. So they went to their doctor, and when they come for the checkup, the doctor greets them with, ah, my friend is here. And you're like, well, that's an interesting thing. Like, why would you use that word? My yedid is here. Why did you say my yedid? Where does that come from? I says, you know what? I don't know. I just I saw you. I felt good. I saw you. I decided to call you my yedid. So they felt very encouraged by the fact that the doctor acknowledged their friendship and closeness. And sure enough, the doctor's advice worked and and thankfully, their, their, uh, the child recovered. That was a featured story. It reminded me of one more story. Rose, any last story? This story is an interesting story. Um, I heard this story for myself from my Dov Nachshon. Dov Nachshon said that uh, his, his wife was expecting a baby. Um, he um, wanted to visit the Rebbe for the 11th of Nisan, the Rebbe's birthday. But on the other hand, his wife's expecting a baby any day, so, so maybe it's not a good idea to leave Israel while his, 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 they're about to have a baby. But it's hard to understand, again, the kind of relationship that it, that, that, that it was and how important it was to him. But let's just say, the, say it the way it is. 
It really, it really did matter to him. So much so he wrote a letter to the Rebbe asking the Rebbe if he can come to visit the Rebbe for the Rebbe's birthday in love of the missing. Despite the fact that his wife is very about to give birth. So the Rebbe responded, the Rebbe answered, ask a Chabad rabbi. That's, I mean, that's a very unusual expression. The Rebbe doesn't use that expression usually. Ask a, an Orthodox rabbi, ask a local rabbi, ask a, uh, ask a Chabad rabbi. Okay? So he asked Rabbi Marlowe, Ola Shalom, Rebbe's, uh, the, the rabbi of Karn Heights, um, the head of the best and head of the Jewish court in Karn Heights. Rabbi Marlowe said, Rabbi Marlowe at that time um, was not yet, he was just starting his career. The previous rabbi, Rabbi Dvorkin, had just passed away. Rabbi Marlowe was just starting his career as the rabbi, the head of the Jewish court in Karn Heights. And he asked Rabbi Marlowe, I, think, I don't think Rabbi Marlowe at that time was already appointed as a rabbi. It was more like people knew he would be appointed, but he wasn't yet appointed as a rabbi. Anyways, he asked Rabbi Marlowe, what does this mean? Ask, he said, ask a Chabad rabbi, I want to ask you. So Rabbi Marlowe said, Rabbi didn't say to ask an Orthodox rabbi. He said to ask a Chabad rabbi, which means that the rabbi wants the rabbi to answer you in a Chabad style. What's the Chabad style? What would a Chabad chassid say about someone visiting the Rebbe? A Chabad Rebbe would say, it's a good idea. Go visit. One second. Oh, I've mentioned, I've, I skipped the part. They've also said, don't be in the room during birth. They ask the Chabad Rabbi whether you should go. And you shouldn't be in the room during birth. That's in general an instruction that the Code of Jewish Law says that a husband shouldn't be in the living room at the time of active delivery. So it's something that the Rebbe call attention to many times, saying how, how even if someone's not so careful with all the laws of family purity, but this is something you should pay attention to, especially because a time of, of delivery is a very dangerous time. You want to really be clear in the eyes of God and man, and therefore you should not be in the room of delivery, uh, delivery room during active delivery. Anyway, so Seber responded regarding his question whether you should go to New York, ask a Chabad Rabbi, and don't be in the room during delivery. So Marlo said, listen, you are, um, you're very familiar, and the Rebbe knows you're very familiar with his instruction about not being in the room. So why is he mentioning this? He was mentioning this because he wants to tell you, this is what Marlo said, that you're going to be able to go to visit the Rebbe for Yudalf Nisim. You're going to have a Chabad answer. Come to Rebbe Yudalf Nisim. What about your wife giving birth? So, the Rebbe is saying that your wife is going to give birth late, and therefore you're going to be able to come to be in the living room. So you'll be able to go there for your listen, and you'll be able to go back to New York, back to Israel for the delivery. And that's exactly what happened. Um, she did deliver late, and Rabbi Nachshon was able to visit the Rebbe for your listen, and be there with his wife when um, they were blessed with a child. Point is that we have to, it says in the Torah, of them, a person loses his faith, it's cut off from his lips. The previous Rebbe said, What makes a person lose his faith? By not talking about what we believe in, by not speaking openly what we believe in, that, that makes you lose your emunah. So, to say stories of tzaddikim, share stories, share inspirational stories, that's what gives us and strengthens our faith in Hashem, our faith in tzaddikim. And uh, Hashem should help us all, we should. Go with to this new week, this week which is one of the three weeks, which is a time of destruction of the base of Mikdash. Rashem should send this Mashiach 
And when this, these three weeks will be transformed to a time of happiness, the greatest happiness, just like there are 21 days of holidays, if you add all the holidays up, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Sukkot, with 21 days of holidays, so, so to the 21 days of the, of the three weeks represent the 21 new days of holidays they will have when Shia comes, that the Tishavah, Shia Shabbatam, all these days we transform to time of happiness and joy, and this is achieved especially by in these three weeks studying about the Beis Amigdash, studying how the Beis Amigdash was built, adding in Staka, Tziyin Mishpatipadash Vatzaka Tziyin is redeemed with Mishpat by studying Torah, studying about the Beis Amigdash, and our captives are redeemed with Staka. May we see this happen immediately, according to Mamish, the building of the third Beis Amigdash. A good vach and a